Daniel Sperry from Around the Foghorn joins me to talk everything Giants. Buster Posey, Joey Bart, Heliot Ramos. Here we go. Welcome to Painting Corners, your weekly podcast for all things baseball. Now, here are your hosts, Austin Hartsfield and Dave Kwiatkowski. So we're going to start at catcher, obviously. You have the best catcher of his generation. It's not even close, in my opinion. Uh, Buster Posey is phenomenal. I mean, he's, he's coming off a of surgery, though, so kind of what's the, what's the idea around Buster? I'm hoping Buster Posey is just what we kind of expect from him. I mean, we expect a high average. Uh, the, if the power numbers come back, awesome. Um, I, you know, I think that's probably the biggest things that everyone's going to look for is whether or not the power numbers come back Because actually, you know, at the plate hit, you know, last year, um, as I pull up numbers on the fly here, um, you know, Posey was just Posey was still, I mean, he was on base, a high on base percentage, high, high batting average as usual, but it was not, um, the normal power numbers we'd seen from him. I mean, if Gorky Hernandez at one point, you know, was outpacing him significantly with slugging percentage. And I think still did. So, um, you know, I, the, the, obviously we knew something was wrong last year. Once we saw how down the power numbers were around the all-star break. Um, and then we finally started hearing more about what was going on with his hip, um, and how that was playing out. Uh, you know, I, for for the Giants, I mean, it's not for them to even be 500. I mean, it helps that Posey's back. Uh, we're not sitting here looking at a World Series run. So I think the number one thing is that, like, allowing Posey to, like, take his time to get back to being himself. Because, you know, five homers um, in 105 games is not what we would have expect from, expected from Posey. Um, it's funny, a lot of Giants fans love to go with, the, oh, he's got 20 homer power, and he does, uh, probably in a different ballpark, but he's never actually hit 20 homers. Um, so I think, you know, kind of asking him to, oh, yeah, he's going to hit 20 homers next year is a little bit above um, what we could really expect. But what, what, I, what I would like to see from Posey is, you know, at least 10 or 12 homers, um, a lot more doubles. Uh, I think that was the biggest thing is just the extra base hits weren't coming. It was a lot of, you know, he'd make contact and he'd push it through the middle or he'd push it through the gap in the infield. And that was, and that's fine. Um, but not when you're expecting Posey to be your number three or four hitter. Um, and they, at times they kind of toyed with him in the, in the lineup card, playing him a little bit higher because he wasn't the, your typical three or four hitter, what we've come to expect from him there. Um, so, so, you know, t- to see those power numbers start to creep up again, um, more doubles, a little bit more homers. You know, I think that's probably going to be what what we'd like to see from Buster. Um, that's that that's I mean that's the biggest thing. Uh, so, you know, I think Posey Posey's huge just for being behind the plate. So I'm not as much worried about his bat being back there. Um, what he does, you know, you ask those pitchers uh what it's like working with buster posey i mean every single one of them understands um the benefits that they gain from working alongside buster and you know to get him back behind the plate and have him healthy and consistent is probably just the number one thing um and then once that bat starts to come around i think that's uh you know we'll see what to expect from buster but um there's a lot of fans that are like oh man he's gonna get his power back he's gonna hit 20 homers and i'm like i I just can't see it 
yet. You talk about Buster having an off year last year. He's still number one amongst catchers in average OBP weighted runs created. He's top three in defensive runs saved and is number one in war amongst catchers. Now, mind you, those stats are over the past three years, but still. That just shows you how great Buster is. Yeah, and I think, you know, that that's the hard part is that he was still good last year. Um, the power was just not there. I mean, you look at you can go down his career line um, and look at those, look at his slugging percentage there. Every single number is kind of on par with what you would expect from Buster Posey. The average, the the you know the defensive numbers, the defensive metrics, the, the on base percentage, all of that. But that slugging percentage, um, you know, down to a three eighty two last year. I mean, a, almost an eighty point dip. Um, obviously, the hip was bothering him. Uh, it'll be you know the hip as long as it's fixed and as long as he's rehabbed it right you know he's going he's going to still be very very good um so you know i think it it's a matter of does he is he like rookie of the year buster posey is he uh is he 2012 buster posey mvp posey like i i don't know about that um if i mean heck if he gets back to even 2014 buster posey i'd be real happy um so you know i think that's one of those things that giants fans i hope they you know, I hope they do temper the expectations a little bit, just understanding that he's barely going to be getting close to 100% um, ready to come back by the time, you know, he has to start his preseason stuff a little or his, uh, his, his spring training uh, and stuff like that a little bit later than the rest. So he won't be, you know, full ready to go on opening day. But, you know, you know I think we're going to see what you would expect from Buster Posey as long as everything goes well. Before we get to the number one catching prospect in baseball, I mean, because Joey's a monster, uh, yeah. let's talk about the guy who's probably going to catch these games if Buster isn't. Kind of tell me a little bit more about Aramis Garcia. Aramis is an interesting prospect. I think, uh, you know, last year a lot of people would go and you can look at the numbers of what he did um, when he first uh, came up and when he came up or was that yeah that was his first appearances with the team um you know he can play uh, a little bit of first base they played him there mainly out of necessity but he hit four homers he hit 286 and eight in 800 slug uh ops i mean it kind of was unexpected um for a guy who his bat hadn't necessarily been his big tool um so uh he's a you know 65 played appearances last year um you know thanks to the september call-up uh, you know, at the end when it was just him and Hundley, you know, you kind of saw him a little bit more, and especially towards the end of the year, he just played better than Hundley did. Um, I, you know, I really think Garcia's destiny is going to be a serviceable backup. Um, I don't know if he'll ever be a number one catcher. Uh, you know, he might, he might out of you know some team's current roster situation, but uh, you know, he's a he's a in, he's going to be a solid defensive catcher. Um, he's not going to lose you any games uh, with his def- defense behind the plate. You know, play, his bat's not going to hurt you being in the everyday lineup um, or being in the lineup, you know, every third or fourth day. Uh, you know, if he's giving Posey a rest or, um, you know, I, I had mentioned it before we recorded, but, you know, I, I actually think if the Giants are are looking to do some some type of like, uh, you know, contract dump um, at the end of the, at, at some point this offseason or at the beginning of next season. Uh, or the beginning of this season, you know, I think Aramis might be a kind of guided package in there just because he is expendable thanks to Joey Bart. Um, but, and he is a nice piece and he is pretty much MLB ready. I mean, you can't, there, 
there's no point in playing him in AAA anymore. Uh, you know, you, you kind of know what you're going to get from him there. So it's, does he do it at the big league level? Um, I think there's a few teams that could use a catcher, um, a solid backup that they can kind of develop. And maybe he does have the ability to be a number one um, catcher on the roster, you know, every uh, point, but, but I'm not sure I see it yet, but you know, he, he's an interesting thing. If the giants went into the season with him as their backup, uh, I, I wouldn't really have a problem with that. Let's transition into the prospect profile. Kind of give me your perspective on Joey Bart. What is Joey Bart? I mean, he's in my opinion, the reason that I think people should go to college for baseball. If you have the opportunity, I mean, drafted in the 27th round by the Rays, Kind of affected a little bit by the fact that he did commit to Georgia Tech prior. But, I mean, goes to Georgia Tech, you know, cleans up defensively. In a, in a league where catchers are a premium, he seems like the closest thing prospect-wise to a sure thing that there is. Yeah, I think that's a lot of that is why the Giants picked him. Uh, and they've always tend, tended to do that is they will pick um, the most sure thing uh, that they can find, especially when they have higher picks. Um, you know, they're, they're not a team that's going to sit there and buy into the high projections uh you know that maybe take a lot of work um a guy who's got a booming arm but needs significant mechanical overhaul to even sustain that arm another three or four years you know they've never done that it's always been the guy who has the the highest ceiling with uh you know with the lowest or with the highest floor possible um, and I think Joey Bart was that guy, um, and you've seen a lot of it. And uh, if you've paid attention to, uh, you know, the short short season, um, A ball, the Northwest League, I mean, he absolutely tore it up, uh, led the league in slugging there, had a high OPS, 983 there, um, you know, hit a ton of monster homers. Uh, you know, the, the, the average is there and the, the hitting tool is there. Um, but, you know, if it's never – if it ends up being, you know – I'm I'm just looking at MLB pipelines, you know, grades right now, and they have him as a 50 and a 55 for a hit and power. Um, and I think that's kind of interesting. Is that you know, really, even if his if his hitting game is heck remotely close to, uh, I'm trying to think, um, the name is escaping me, but uh, goodness, um, but uh, I'm trying, you know, thinking good hitting catchers. If it's remotely well, close like to Mejia? JT. Or what are we talking? Yeah, a little bit. I was thinking Real Muto. I was also thinking, uh, goodness, who did the Phillies just sign? Uh, Ramos. Yeah, Ramos. Uh, it kind of reminds me of that. But the, but the thing is, the defensive aspect of what he does um, is so crucial and is so incredible because he was already calling games at Georgia Tech. Um, you know, so he doesn't have to learn that at the minor league level. He understands how to call games. Um, it was interesting. I had a talk with another Giants draft pick uh i did an interview with him um last year kind of in the fall and he actually played uh with joey bart in uh the cape cod league and i asked him i was like what's it like you know you throw to your guy that you throw to have thrown to for the last four years and then you throw to joey bart um you did it in cape cod league you did it in uh you know you've done it now for salem kaiser um and he said it he did not like he almost like interrupted me to like say how good it feels as a pitcher to throw to Joey Bart because defensively he just gets everything. Um, He's got you. He's got runners all the time because his arm is really strong Um, and his ability to call the game. He said he's a really good receiver of the ball. Um, He makes it easy for, he said he felt it makes it easier on him to throw the ball. 
um, as a pitcher and to hit his spots. Uh, and you know, Matt Frisbee is the guy I was talking about, and he I mean, he had a heck of a of a, of a time with Salem Kaiser as well as a pitcher and kind of um, opened some eyes there as maybe a, a future, you know, late inning guy um, in the bullpen. And so, you know, Joey, you know, the, everyone likes to talk about the power um, and, you know, what they've seen and, oh, wow, you know, this is the best, you know, one of the best all around catching prospects we've seen in a really long time. And, you know, the defensive aspect of it is, is so high up that I think, you know, it's hard to like I wouldn't consider him yet for 2019. Um, but if I mean if he shoots through the minor leagues, there's even I mean, there's an easy um, talk of him being in at 2020. Um, you know the Giants if they feel they're ready to go, they'll move him fast. Um, and they they've talked about that internally, and that's kind of made its way out through uh, a lot of the main beat writers that you know if if, if he's killing it, like they're not going to be afraid to move him um, because they think he's pretty pretty close to. Um, being you know a double or triple a kind of a guy so uh bart's gonna be a whole lot of fun to watch um uh, as he comes up you know through the system uh you know i think his physical frame too is a little bit better um than posey for like the longevity uh of being a catcher um posey's incredible and is stupid athletic uh but he's a little bit smaller um you know the, the i think the the weight and the height and just the frame overall frame of joey bart um, I think will uh, benefit him and maybe even give him a longer career behind the dish than Posey will end up having. But, you know, Bart is – Bart's a whole – I mean, the Giants' top two, three prospects really um, have a lot of people excited about him. So uh, it's really nice to have Joey Bart at the forefront of it. So we're going to first base, and we're going to talk about Brandon Belt. Brandon Belt hasn't been able to stay particularly – there have been more knicky-knack injuries than anything else at first base. Um, he's played 112 and 104 uh, prior before that, playing 156 and 137 uh, games in a season. Didn't have a great year last year. And, of course, he's got this contract that, you know, I mean, isn't, it isn't great for, for how much you're paying him to be the first baseman that he is. I mean, $16 million over the next uh, – $16 million a year for the next three years until 2021 – Brandon Belt's obviously going to be the first baseman. Is there a future behind Brandon, and kind of what's your thoughts on Brandon Belt as a whole? Yeah, I mean, if there is a future behind him, it's either a uh, Chris Shaw or it's uh, uh, who he doesn't look entirely. Um, he doesn't look totally out of place in the outfield, and they kind of moved him out there because they felt like they had, um, you know, with Belt being around uh, in the contract that if Sh- and Shaw moving quickly. Um, I felt the outfield was probably the best spot for him uh, to work out of. You know, you have Ryder Jones who can play either. Um, he's a corner infielder. Patton did. You know, he can play third or first. Pablo Sandoval can play, you know, first and third as well. Um, but Belt, Belt's a, Belt is, you know, Giants Twitter has a fun uh, fun time talking about our hashtag belt wars. Um, and those kind of go crazy. Uh, you know, people, people belt is a polarizing figure amongst the giants fan base, because there's a lot of us that see the potential. They see the on-base percentage. They see what he does, um, in the box. They see his power. Um, the problem is, you know, you'd say that Nikki, you talked about it, Nikki neck injuries. I mean, I don't know how many times he's been knocked out because of a concussion or, uh, you know, in the almost every single injury of he is, is seems to be a freak injury, you know, it's not a, it's not a weightlifting injury. It's not a, 
you know, I, I, I have a muscle strain because I didn't take care of my body right or something like that. It's like, oh, hey, Marco Scudero was screwing around in infield warmups and pegging in the head with a ball, and now I'm out for a month um, because of this concussion, these lingering concussion symptoms. I mean, that's what it's been for Brandon Belt. Uh, got hit in the head last year multiple times uh, uh, with pitches. I mean, uh, it's just it seems to be just like it's kind of comedy of errors when it comes to the injuries and it's not his fault. So that's the frustrating part is some people maybe some people tend to take those injuries and kind of hold it against him as a, Oh, you're not a strong player. And it's, you know, a, a lot of them are completely unavoidable. Um, and there's not a whole lot that they could do about the situation. Uh, so, you know, belt belts polarizing, but his defense is rock solid. Um, you know, if he, Goodness, you look at that. He has 400 at bat, 450 plate appearances um, last year, and he hit 14 homers, had 46 RBI. You know, he, it, it always seems like he gets hot and then he gets hurt and he comes back and then he's not the same. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens with Belt if he can, you know, kind of stay healthier. Um, I still don't think he's got, I, I have never thought he's got 150 games in him. Um, and with Buster Posey, gonna, I, I assume he's probably going to get. I'd say three quarters of the time behind the plate and a quarter of his games um, over at first. And that's going to be the primary move there. So, um, you know, belt belts intriguing if they want to try and move the contract. I think that's, that's the thing that has been kind of, you know, a talk um, this off season that the giants have at least kind of shopped it or tried to figure, see if there was, if there was a match somewhere um, maybe not for now, maybe for later, but you know, belt, Belt is who he is. He's a solid first baseman. You know, I'd rather be paying him uh, what they're paying him uh, than what the Padres are paying Eric yep. Cosmer or, you know, something along those lines. So, you know, I think the, and the problem is that there's a system. So if you trade it, you know, you're not trying to, you're not alleviating, you know, a top 100 first base prospect. You're just opening up to a weirder platoon of Ryder Jones and Pablo Sandoval at first base and third base. So, um, you know, I don't think that's the most competitive option for the Giants at this point. Uh, so we'll see what happens um, with Belt. But, you know, he's the first baseman. It's He's pretty set. He's going to be solid. Um, he, he may not be great, um, but, you know, the numbers uh, over the years shown that Brandon Belt is still, um, you know, a top 10, top 15 first baseman in the league when, uh, when he's healthy. So, you know, I don't, I don't think the Giants are – um, or, you know, killing themselves there. And also, thankfully, you know, to how they kind of structured out the contract, you know, they may be paying him $16 million, but that that front office has so much money that really they're just worried about the luxury tax um, and the way that the deal is balanced out. Um, because of them buying out their, his remaining years of arbitration with that, I think it's only like a 10 or $12 million uh, hit uh, to their actual luxury tax numbers. So, um, you know, I think that's, that's a positive for them so that you know the giants front office look probably looks at that a little bit more than they do the fact that they're paying him 17 million dollars this year yeah we're gonna slide over to second base disappointing year for one of the guys in baseball that i absolutely love watching uh guys only two years removed from a gold glove at second base joe panic was a negative war player this year not exactly what the giants were hoping for i'm sure what's the future with him he's 28 years old Seems to be seems like he's going to be in the system for at least at least the organization for at least a while. Is there a plan around him or behind him, or is it Joe Panic until he goes? Basically, yeah. Well, 
I think the Giants have actually been trying to trade him, and I think that's probably the more likely outcome uh, than them even signing him to an extension. You know, they they went really hard um, after DJ LeMahieu. Um, they were trying to get something more solid um, at that position. Uh, you know, he's only going to be making is I think the number that he's in three, at is eight. three three eight this year, and he's um, got another is, year of arb. Yeah, so I mean, still cheap. Um, but his value is starting to dwindle, so we'll see what they do. Um, I think they're, that if there's anyone on the big league roster, and I kind of said it going into the offseason, I still believe it, um, the most likely to be traded player um, off this Giants big league roster is actually Joe Panic. I think. Um, just because there's a lot of teams that like, um, that could use a guy that can that needs a change of scenery. You know, there's um, teams that have a hole at second base. Uh, you know, he is still a solid defender. His numbers defensively weren't bad last year. Um, it was really weird. I was looking at his uh, his level, what he does in high and low leverage counts because he always seemed to be like a lot of big. It was like, oh great, here comes Joe Panic touting his you know two forty average, and actually he had like he had a, a far superior average um, in high and mid leverage situations. But when it came to like low leverage situations, it was his uh, his. Uh, you know his uh, his bat his batting average was significantly lower. So, um, you know he's a guy who's going to put the ball in play a lot. Though he only uh, fifty six um, times. You know he either walked or struck out, and that was it. Um, so, you know, panic panic's a guy who puts the ball in play. He gets guys moving. Um, he's in. He's a really solid defender, and he's a good clubhouse guy. Uh, so I think some teams will find some value in him, and I think the Giants themselves will find some value um, in him. Uh, you know, if they decide to hang on to him, it won't be a terrible thing. Uh, but, you know, like I said, I, I think Joe Panic's probably the likely, more likely guy to be traded off this roster. Um, you know, Alan Hansen behind him was really good last year um, uh, in spurts uh, and, and in more limited time. Um, the the versatility that he brings is something that kind of like Farhan Zaidi, I mean, if you, you watch the Dodgers, uh, anybody who's paid attention to the Dodgers the last few years, I mean, he values that versatility all over the place. And Alan Hansen kind of fits that profile. Um, he's only 25. He was a former top 100 prospect, uh, kind of dropped really heavily. Um, and then was a free agent, uh, you know, a, a, a minor league free agent pickup for the Giants last year and came up and did pretty well. Um, so, you know, I think they I think they like what they have there. Um, they like uh, a couple of their minor league options. Um, they don't have anybody like quite ready for that role, um, but they've got they've got some guys that they could lean on. And, you know, I think uh, that position actually kind of has a little bit more. Uh, coming uh, in the free agency market in the next couple of years, so I think they're, I think they'll kind of let that one play out. But uh, we'll see what we'll see what happens. And maybe maybe if they trade him, and let's say they trade Bumgarner, you know, maybe they go and get a you know the replacement for Panic in that kind of a way. But you know, uh, if he has a bounce back here, he might stick around. But um, like I said, I, th- I think Panic's the kind of guy that it's pretty likely to get shipped off um, if there's going to be anyone on this roster that gets shipped away. Because I feel like some teams in baseball would definitely value him. There's nothing more valuable in baseball than versatility. And Panic does seem to have that, in my opinion, at least. Uh, does this team purposely collect people that Red Sox fans hate at third base? I mean... I mean, I, that, that's okay. I, I don't know. I... I I, I, I guess so. Um, uh, I, I didn't know Red Sox fans had such a disdain for Evan Longoria, though. Oh, my gosh. He tore us up forever, man. Like, Evan <laughs> Longoria was a Red Sox murderer. 
But Pablo Sandoval did something way worse. He tricked us into thinking that he was a good baseball player, got him, signed him, sent him back to y'all, and all of a sudden he remembers how to play baseball again. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's it's just the magic at the in a city by the bay. No, uh, yeah, I mean, Pablo's a whole lot of fun. Uh, I was very skeptical of him coming back, but he's kind of been a pleasant surprise. Um, but I, I also understand. I, I, because I've been there with guys that we've signed, and I'm like, man, if they're on the other team. Like, I can't wait to hate on them. Uh, so I, I get it. I get the hate from Red Sox Nation as well. Yeah, he was part of that big off season too. Uh, Evan Longoria, we're talking about big deals, you know, with Pablo Sandoval's Red Sox deal. This Evan Longoria deal is massive, massive. Of course, this is a guy that was acquired in a trade from Tampa Bay. You know, Rays fans thought he would be a Ray lifer. Didn't turn out to be that way. What's the feel with Evan? I mean. I know he ended last year on an injury. What can what do Giants fans expect from him in 2019? Yeah, I mean, we'd like to see more of the same because he was on pace for 20 homers if he didn't have his hand broken. Um, he th- they threw inside on him uh, uh, in the Miami when we were down in Miami, um, and it was like it's funny because I think the Giants last year played one game where everybody on their team was healthy, and it was. Madison Bumgarner's like first game back when he was in Miami. Um, and then after that, Evan Longoria, like the next afternoon, like broke his hand um, on a hit by pitch. So, uh, you know, he was on pace uh, for, for 20 homers. The Giants haven't had a 20 homer guy. Um, he's what you expect though from Evan Longoria strikes out a ton, doesn't really get on base a ton outside of when he hits. Um, but you know, the Giants honestly don't, they don't need another on base percentage guy. They had, let's see, one, two, three, four, five guys that had at least over a 300 on base percentage. You know, they got to have someone who can knock them in. Um, when Longoria was in the in the roster or in the lineup, and when he was going, um, whenever they had still had McCutcheon, they kind of hadn't given up on the 2018 season. Uh, that offense kind of clicked a little bit. Um, he struck out a lot. Uh, like I said, I mean, he hundred one strikeouts, um, but the strikeout numbers have been going up all over baseball. So I don't think. The 101 is all that concerning uh, anymore. But, um, you know, Longoria is a guy, Giants hope they, uh, Giants fans genuinely hope they get 20 homers out of him. Uh, And if he knocks in a bunch of runs as well, um, that's fine. But they, they don't have a guy on this roster that is like the, the guy that's going to bring everybody home. Brandon Belt can hit homers, but he, they've tried him out in the three, four, five spot and he's never been uh, 100% consistent and reliable there. Um, Brandon Crawford should never really be hit above a six, even though he hit 14 homers last year too. So, um, you know, Evan Longoria is that guy that you could, you know, mo- there's a good amount of rosters in this league that he'd still be a three, four, five hitter for. Um, probably not a lot of good ones, but um, he still could be that kind of guy for a decent amount of teams. And he is only 32. Uh, you know, I think the value and whatever, you know, the money that was given headed their direction it's fine because they really don't have a true third baseman uh in the minor league system that like is relatively exciting outside of jacob gonzalez and uh, after his first year last year um you know he seems like he's a little bit farther behind so um you know maybe cup you know two or three maybe even four years um out for jacob gonzalez so i think that's kind of that's one of those things where you look at that and you're just like "Eh, i don't know about um you know you can trade him fine, but you know, there's out, outside of Pablo Sandoval and uh, you know, a guy I mentioned earlier and goodness name, Ryder Jones. Um, you know, I, 
I there's not much else. You know, the, they trade him. They're just kind of signing their death warrant on the 2019 season. And I think there's still um, they'd like to make the make the fan base think that they're competing <laughs> as long as they can. Bright spot on this team is definitely Brandon Crawford with his defense. I mean, you could compare him as like the National League version of Anderson Simmons. I mean, if he's playing shortstop that day, he is something to watch because you never know what he's going to do. Uh, love watching him play. Like you said, he hit 14 homers last year. I mean, with that defense, if you can hit 14 homers, I mean, you're valuable. Uh, what's he mean to this franchise? I know he's got a full no trade, so he's obviously not going anywhere unless he accepts it. Uh, like, what does the organization seem to think about Brandon Crawford? Yeah, he actually seems about like as much of a Giants lifer as Buster Posey is. I mean, he, uh, he has been a part of this organization and been a fan of this organization uh, since he was a little kid. I mean, he was born and raised in the Bay Area, born and raised a Giants fan. Uh, I mean, it was actually it's funny. There was a picture of him that goes around quite a lot in the Bay Area. Um, maybe not as much outside of it, but there's a picture of him on the front page of the San Francisco Chronicle um, back in the late 90s uh, when the Giants were um, potentially moving to Tampa Bay. Uh, that was the room before the Rays were coming. It was going to be the Giants that were going to head at Tampa Bay because um, they couldn't get a hole. They couldn't, you know, the ownership was kind of a mess and they were trying to get a new stadium. Uh, and it was before AT&T Park. Um, and there's a little picture of a very, very young Brandon Crawford uh, with long hair uh, sitting out there with a sign to, to keep the Giants in San Francisco. Um, and that was on the front page of the Chronicle. So, I mean, Brandon Crawford and the, the Crawford family, they, they've been Giants lifers. Uh, and I 100% believe Brandon Crawford will be a Giants lifer. Um, you know, I think he's a guy that, you know, as much as, uh, you know, his contract is pretty team friendly. Um, he is one of the and his hitting may not be a Carlos Correa or a Francisco Lindor, um, but he's solid enough. He hit to hit 254 this year, had a you know 719 OPS, at least above 700 OPS. He hit 14 homers. You know he was creating some runs. Um, so you know Crawford, uh, Crawford's been a guy whose bat his bat never was. Really um, and that was the hard part for a few years until about 2015. And since 2015, his bat has actually been really solid um, and kind of added a lot more value to him. So uh, Crawford is a guy that, you know, we love. We'll keep him around. You know, we do have a really, really solid prospect um, in Mark Luciano um, that a lot of people out of the fallen or the instructional leagues going on in Arizona right now uh, have been raving about, um, you know, what he's got in uh in terms of just power and uh, makeup. However, he is not, um, he doesn't seem destined to stay uh, at shortstop. Uh, there's a, I mean, he, there's a possibility he could, but there's a lot of people that see him actually moving to the outfield at some point. Uh, uh, it's not really a, like a, there's not really a true like prospect behind uh, Brandon Crawford, but you know, I think uh, they, they don't, they don't really need one for, <laughs> for three or four more years. So, uh, Crawford is Crawford, man. He's the guy. Um, and you know, outside you look at the kind of the cornerstones of this team, it really is Madison Bumgarner, Buster Posey, and Brandon Crawford right now, because, uh, those are the guys that, you know, as much as Brandon, Madison Bumgarner is brought up in, uh, trade talks, you know, uh, he's still a cornerstone figure of the franchise. And I think if the giants wanted to keep him around, um, they'd have no problem doing that. 
Let's get to the depressing part before we get to talk about starting pitching. We have to talk about this outfield. <laughs> it looks yeah. like a triple A team. Like I don't even know what's going on out there. Like if you asked a random person on the street, it was like, "Hey, name a uh, name a San Francisco Giants outfielder." They would look at you and kind of look like you were crazy. Uh, it's definitely bear. What is the? Do you, is this a spot that they attack in free agency? Not attack necessarily, but go get basically fillers, or do you let guys like? Williamson and Slater play and what does the opening day outfield look like as of right now you know that's the hard part because the Giants are very good at sending mixed signals until the very end Farhan is very good at sending mixed signals until the end um, nobody knows whether they are in or out on Harper um, nobody knows uh, I think there's a lot of people that that think that Marwin Gonzalez might be a possibility Perfect, um, there's certainly too. there's certainly a lot of people too that that want Marvin Gonzalez in on the Giants uh, especially uh, just me, general media uh, you know our our blog has written about it multiple times um, you know uh, Marwin Gonzalez would be a perfect fit. Um, they can play him in left field. They can allow Chris Shaw to kind of get some time too. Um, we can also play him at second base. Uh, you know, Marwin uh, would be solid. Um, I, I I think they'll pit, end up grabbing one outfielder um, out of this current free agent class. I know a lot of them are signed at the moment, but um, you know, out of the ones left, I think they'll end up with one of them. Uh, and you know, Carlos Gonzalez, I think is kind of a dark horse option there. Cause I don't, I, you know, opening day roster, you know, it very well could have Austin Slater and Mac Williamson and Steven Duggar out there. But, um, you know, I don't think, I, I think there's probably a better chance that they'll have some kind of free agent, um, into that spot who it is no clue at the moment, but, um, you know, that opening day outfield, I think the only play, the one position that I think is pretty easily locked in is Steven Duggar in center field. Um, he showed his defensive ability um, uh, all throughout last year when they called him up, uh, where they, Austin, they uh, optioned Austin Jackson and then immediately brought him up. Um, and Duggar, Duggar's, you know, average, he hit 255, um, you know, got on base to 303. Uh, he's really fast. He can steal bases. He can get on. Uh, and caused a lot of problems on the on the base paths. You know, he only had he had 11 doubles um, uh, in his 150 at bats. So um, he's good at hitting the gaps and going fast. Uh, you know, Duggar's going to be um, the the defense from him. I think is is one of those guys. Like, I mean, I'm I'm sure you're as a as a Red Sox guy, you're familiar with it. I mean, Jackie Bradley Jr. Uh, not the most prolific offensive guy, but his center field defense is so stinking valuable um, to what the Red Sox do that, you know, you can kind of afford to have him in the lineup. And I think that's, that's Steven Duggar is that if his bat never comes around his glove um, and his defensive ability and his arm uh, in center field is going to keep him on the field no matter what. So I think Steven Duggar is pretty much a lock at center field, but the question of uh, what happens between a Austin Slater and a Mac Williamson, um, and uh, a potential free agent outfielder. Uh, that's all a toss up. But, you know, Mac, hopefully, Mac was solid until he got a concussion um, last year, uh, hit a couple of monster home runs, absolutely mammoth home runs. Uh, there was one he hit to right center of 18th Park. And I re- genuinely like 
The only person I've ever seen hit a ball up there was Barry Bonds. Um, and this guy did it with as a right-hander. So uh, Mac Williamson has mad power if he can keep his swing consistent and if he can keep his head about him. Um, I think that was the hardest thing is that when he did come back from the concussion symptoms and came back and was feeling good, uh, he kind of he struggled a bit and kind of lost his way and he lost. He had changed his swing in the offseason um, and it was really successful until he got the concussion and then he kind of lost it when he came back. Um, you know, if he comes into this year and kind of and, and can keep his head um, head on straight and kind of keep mo- trucking forward and shows well as Mac Williams it could be one of those odd. He you know, he if there's any like. I, th- I think I always I make we make a lot of comparisons to the Dodgers now because we have Farhan uh, in the front office. But if there's anybody who I would put money on to have a Max Muncy like random like thirty homer year, it'd probably be like Mac Williamson, uh, just because of the power that he has. Um, and if, like I said, if he can find some level of consistency, uh, Mac Mac could be a very serious uh, power outfield threat. Uh, Austin Slater, on the other hand. Um, you just got to hope he hits for a high average and gets on base um, if you're going to see something productive out of him. You know, when you talked about Duggar, uh, Dave's not here today, and Dave has this saying that he always says, on a baseball field, you can sacrifice offensively at two positions. You can sacrifice in, in a catcher, and you can sacrifice at center field because there's mm-hmm. two def- two positions defensively that you you basically – allow yourself to have guys out there because they add so much value, whether it be Byron Buxton, Jackie Bradley Jr., Duggar, Kiermaier. It just goes all the way around. Aaron Hicks in New York. But you don't have to sacrifice offensively a catcher on this team. So you can Mm -hmm. definitely afford Duggar out there, you know, playing excellent defense. And I think that's awesome. Yeah, and I, you know, Duggar has, Duggar was a guy that we were hoping would make the team last year, and they gave the spot to Gorky's Hernandez. Everybody was mad until Gorky's hit 16 home runs and surprised the crap out of everybody. Um, sorry, 15 home runs. Uh, nobody expected that out of Gorky's Hernandez, and he was actually pretty solid um, defensively. He's never been bad defensively. He's just been never been good offensively. Um, and you got a, for the most of the season, you got a good offensive uh, Gorky's Hernandez. But, um, you know, Duggar, Duggar kind of profiles if if his off if his bat ever does come around, uh, he does profile more as your typical leadoff guy um, or your more classical leadoff guy, someone who gets on base a lot, is fast, uh, can steal bases and stuff like that. Sounds like Jackie so much. Yeah, and you know, I I really think like he he's just a lot. Of, he's very interesting. I mean, I there he is a very unheard of name, um, but I think defensively as long as he stays healthy last year brooks collarbone um uh on a weird slide giants have had some terrible injuries which is why um they changed up a lot of strength and conditioning coaches and they got rid of some of those guys because there's just too many injuries and stuff like that that either didn't come people didn't come back from because they weren't rehabbed properly um or just injuries that shouldn't be happening um so duggar uh duggar he gets this full year under him uh, in center field. I think a lot. He's gonna. I won't, he won't become a household name uh, necessarily, but he's going to be a kind of guy that you think of in that conversation defensively with um, a Jackie Bradley, with a Kiermaier, with a Kevin Pillar. Even um, you know that those kind of guys are uh, defensively are just they they everybody knows what's coming. Uh, you hit the ball to them. It's kind of all right. There you go. He's going to catch it. 
and that's just kind of how you feel with Duggar. That's how the organization, a lot of scouts around him have always felt with Duggar. Um, the question was ever, would his bat be good enough to make it to the big leagues? So his bat wouldn't matter in the big leagues at that point. But, um, you know, his, his bat has been, and, you know, I think the, you know, like you said, the Giants don't have to sacrifice at catcher. Um, and the, I think the next place that a lot of teams sometimes sacrifice at is at second base uh, right. when it comes to the offense side. And the Giants um, kind of sacrifice there a little bit, but when Joe Panic is going, they don't. Uh, so you can really afford to sacrifice in center field. And so um, Duggar's going to be a lot of fun. So you have this stud out there in the minor leagues, Elliot Ramos, first-round pick, what is he going to be? I mean, he's, it seems like he's just dominating wherever he's been. It's, it's interesting. The power numbers uh, were 11 homers, 24 doubles, eight triples uh, down in Sally league, uh, which is the giants, a uh, high or regular a squad. Um, you know, he's got, he is super fast. Uh, he'll probably be a center field would be a incredibly good defensive corner infielder, but um, can play in center as well. Um, if Duggar is just too good to not put in center, then they can easily put Ramos somewhere else. Uh, uh, like I said, insanely fast. Um, he's got mad power. The question is, is the hit tool going to be there consistently for average? Um, he's He just ended the entire or the 2018 season uh, as an 18-year-old, so he'll be 19 uh, for 2019. Us. So um, he's really young. He was only... Only 17 when they drafted. Uh, was the youngest player in the draft actually, um, and he's he's got mad power. When he gets going, um, he you will definitely uh, you'll definitely see. I mean, this guy has um, uh, he has the Acuna type potential. I think uh, maybe not that young, uh, ready to go. Um, but um, you know, Ramos is is kind of a is kind of an all-out outfielder. I mean, this guy has been um, – this is the outfielder that the Giants have been waiting for within their prospect – or within their farm system. So um, good things from him uh, in his first rookie season. Uh, you'd like to see the numbers, uh, you know, the on-base percentage and the, the average go up a little bit um, and maybe see him tap into that uh, that stolen base um, speed uh, soon. But, uh, man, he has – he. You know, the, the, the MLB pipeline thing says, you know, he's got the highest ceiling of any Giants prospect since Posey. Um, and that's that's pretty much it. I mean, Ramos, uh, Ramos, if he gets up to the big leagues uh, and, you know, if he makes it and all goes well, um, he has the potential to be something absolutely special uh, in the outfield. So everyone's high on him. Uh, you know, he, you'll see him shoot up the top 100 prospect list. Um, the more experience, the more he advances through the system. But uh He's a very, very good all um, and a very good hitter and has just a ton of power. So he's got a lot of uh, a lot of things going for him that the, the, the Giants and um, most certainly the fan base are really excited for. Actually, a lot of people are really looking forward to going to see San Jose, um, which is their high A team uh, next season because uh, they will have Helio Ramos and Joey Bart. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, a couple of their big draft pick pitchers that they really liked, um, from the last couple of years, uh, from last year and Sean Hill, or I don't know how to say his name correctly. So Sean Hill or hell or however you want to say it. Um, and Jake Wong, who did really well, uh, for them in their, uh, in the Northwest league. So, um, that Sacramento or 
Sacramento team, but the, the San Jose team is going to be the one to watch uh, for the minor leagues next year because there's going to be a ton of talent on that team. All right, so there's about $40 million invested into two people on this payroll and starting rotation that aren't named Madison Bumgarner. It's Johnny Cueto and Jeff Samarja, uh, two guys that look like where they were when they were put together as this you know trio that they were expected to make more than a couple playoff runs, and it never seemed to suffice at that point. Are these two guys that you try to trade, I mean, Samarja has a modified no trade, and I don't think anybody would take that one. But the one that I think people would take even less is Johnny Cueto. I mean, he's got a he doesn't have a no trade. But he's under contract till 2022, only 2021, uh, once the club declines his club option. Yeah, Cueto's contract is rough. Um, the problem is, is both of them, you can justify it at the time that the contract was made. Oh, the, like it was that, the market. Yeah, and it's 100% justifiable. Uh, Jeff Samarja had a ton of innings left on his arm and his shoulder. Um, I honestly, actually, am not surprised. Uh, that Samarja struggled last year because um, when if you remember his time with the A's was last um, and uh, Kurt Young was the pitching coach then and is now the Giants pitching coach um, so that's kind of interesting Kurt Young kind of tends to do well uh, with younger pitchers um, you know Sonny Gray was someone that he worked with a lot um, when Sonny Gray was first coming through and was good once they got rid of him Sonny Gray had some issues started to have issues there. You saw the young pitchers on the Giants uh, squad last year um, oh, were really, really good, and Derek Rodriguez and the couple guys. And, you know, I think it's hard to it's hard to see. Like, obviously, Johnny Cueto doesn't factor into the picture this year uh, just because of the, the Tommy John surgery. So he is out for 2019 and will not return. Um, you know, John uh, Jeff Samarja, nobody knows what the heck we're going to get with him. So both of them are pretty much untradeable right now. Um, you know, you could maybe make a case for Samarja in a salary dump kind of a thing. Uh, Samarja's contract, I believe, is up next year. Yes, so yeah. last year, next year will be his final year. I think Samarja is probably a better trade candidate um, for a team. Then uh, Giants could do, uh, you know, one of Farhan's patented salary dumps uh, that he did multiple times with the Dodgers, uh, doing it with Adrian Gonzalez, did it with uh, Matt Kemp, uh, did it with all all those kind of things. I mean, he he does a really good job of that. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if they try and use Samarja's 2020 um, final year uh, as a way to do that, or you know, pitch in some money. Um, you know, say you pitch in ten million dollars, uh, and you end up with um, you end up with uh, you know a halfway decent player. Um, you know, you get out of it. Uh, you know, there's only what so there's only so much left on that contract. Uh, you know, that I, I think it would be a good option to trade him then. Um, and I think you might find some suitors then, especially if he has a good 2019. But um, yeah, two really tough contracts that I think a lot of people were kind of sitting there looking at it like, well, they'll be able to. You know, if they compete over those years, it'll be fine. They can sign Madison Bumgarner to the contract. Um, you know, when his when he's up or you know before his final year, um, that way you're not paying both him and some. You'd only have like one year of paying him and Samarja uh, a crap ton of money, um, and that's obviously not the case this moment. Um, so now you're looking at what what's going to happen. Bum, um, 
partly uh, and maybe in large part due to the Samarja contract, which at the time was 100% justifiable, um, as, as I said earlier, and you know you agreed with. So, you know, I think that's that's the hard part with this contract. Um, but uh, I think Samarja is just the, it's the big question mark. Uh, do they try and put him in the bullpen? Do they use him? Um, you know, what, what, what can he even do? Uh, so that'll be, it's going to be really interesting to see how that kind of plays out this spring. Um, I think at that point you'll really kind of get a chance to, uh, see what Samarja's value is, is after, after the spring and maybe a couple of months of the season. Does Madison Bumgarner finish the season with the San Francisco Giants? Oh, it's, uh, that's a hard thing. Um, if I, if I were to give you an answer now, I say no just because I don't think they're going to be very competitive. Um, and I think it's going to be one of those of like, okay, Madison's having a very good year. We can get a lot for it. He'll, he'll be available in free agency. Let's trade him. Um, so that's the interesting that's the interesting one there. Uh, I I think, though, if they're remotely close to 500 and even remotely competitive, I think they hang on to him uh through this year um at least so i think it it, it just kind of depends on where they're at if they're in seller mode uh by the time june hits um then i think they they try he ends up going somewhere else but if they're if they're in contention it'd be stupid to trade away madison Bumgarner if you're contending uh and the nl west honestly looks pretty weak outside of the dodgers um the padres are up and coming but the problem is is all of their up and coming is still really about two or three years away um they don't look like they're ready to be um what everyone thinks they could potentially be uh in 2019 um that well, that franchise is kind of built around Fernando Tatis at this point. Once Fernando comes up and everything seems to fall into place, those pitchers start coming through. But the window for the Giants is right now. Like if if you if you want to take advantage and you want to be the Braves of last year, this is the year because the only good team in that division. I mean, I think we're gonna see Colorado fall apart, not fall apart, but be like a seventy to eighty four win team won't be a playoff team at that point and I mean there's just a window the Diamondbacks are going to be bad the Padres aren't going to be great this year there's room there so I can see where they think the contention window is there yeah and I think I think that's the hard part is that you know I think for you know fans like and people like me who kind of you know, we at Fansided we did a whole massive offseason simulation and we I put as close together um, of a budget and a working budget as I could. I mean, it doesn't take a whole lot um, to make this team competitive. I don't. I, I really don't think. And uh, you know, if they choose to upgrade somebody in the outfield, let's just say they do get Bryce Harper. Um, I think that team, <laughs> Giants, put Bryce Harper on this team. I think they're the second best team in the National League West. So it's one of those things of like, man, we could sit here, and we could say, oh man, you know, it doesn't look great, but it takes like one or two things for this team. I think they could actually be pretty good because that pitching staff is young, um, and they outside of Samarja, and Samarja doesn't seem to be like a massive part of that pitching staff right now, anyway. So. Um, you know, there. That's the you have a Madison Bumgarner than a solid young staff. That's really the only big question mark is the young staff um, with the, with uh, the amount of you know at least you know what you're going to get from them veterans elsewhere. Um, so I know we get talking about big picture there, but you know I think that's the hard part is that the window of contention is just there, and if they you know I don't think they're going to push hard for Bryce Harper. That's not the indication that I've gotten. Um, 
But let's say they do land Bryce Harper. They're going to be in contention if they have Bryce Harper on that team. So that's the hard part. And that's the question mark of what do you do with Madison Bumgarner? Um, it is interesting to hear the back and forth. Um, you know, you have come out and say, oh, this is okay. There have been some more advanced trade talks between the, the Giants and the Brewers. But, you know, Farhan comes out and goes, okay, you know, they called us to talk about this you know we're not actively going out and calling people to talk about this right yeah now. i had a brewers um, guy from the athletic tell me that that trade's not going to happen they just they're just too far apart yeah and i think so and i think the giant problem is too i think the brewers value overvalue a lot of what they have um that oh, they is, think corbin burns is an ace yeah like right now <laughs> I, I loved i i did a draft profile on corbin Burns, and i freaking love the guy um i think he's a really good number two or three um i i would you stop? Uh, I, you know, I think he, I, I think he's a really solid pitcher. Same Brandon Woodruff, but um, you know, I don't think they're anything to like. You're getting Madison Bumgarner. Like, don't be stupid here. Um, so, oh, you know, oh, his velocity's down. Oh, uh, his numbers, and oh, he's old, and oh, it's get just him like, to October. It's, I know, right? And it to me, I just sit there and I'm like, okay, this is these are Brewers fans, you know, I'm not surprised. Um, you know, they don't, they, they, they haven't been there. They haven't been in that moment uh, that the Giants have. Um, and I, I, so I think they're, I think at the moment they're kind of overvaluing what they got. Um, however, uh, I do think, like you said, I think they are, they are just too far apart on it. So, um, you know, unless someone, unless Madison Baumgartner comes in and is wowing everybody and, or someone gets really, really desperate, I really don't see them moving them. Uh, you know, I actually thought he would actually command something close to what uh, Paxton uh, commanded. Uh, and I think, I, I don't know, the Giants want that. Um, I don't think the Brewers can, like, actually give them that. Um, There's not very many organizations that can do that. I mean, the Yankee organization right. was pretty deep. I mean, unless you're going to send him somewhere like in Atlanta, which I think is actually yeah. a perfect spot for him, a team that desperately oh, really needs good. an ace and has the farm to do it. Because I think if you make that trade, uh, you wind up getting a guy like Austin Riley back, and all of a sudden, you know, you have the, the your third baseman of the future. Yeah, for sure. And you know, even the Phillies. Uh, you know, goodness, I'm, I'm, I got to pull up their my, their prospects because I can't think of the guy off the top of my head. You have but, guys like Bohm. Um, you have. Yeah, I loved Alec Bohm in the draft actually because I as I. I, I am in Can I live in Kansas in Kansas City area. Um and I Alec Bohm played for Wichita State University. Um and I went out to go watch them. Uh they they did a, a home and home kind of a series with uh KU. Um Lawrence is only thirty minutes compared to two hours um to Wichita. Uh so I you know, I went up there and watched them. the the kids just ridiculous. Uh so I, I loved Alec Bohm in the draft last year. I'd have been okay if they got him instead of uh Joey Bart. But I mean let's say you trade Bum Garner and you land Alec Bohm. That's a pretty good uh I I'd take Alec Bohm any day. So um uh, not over Bum Garner per se, but if that's the that's the reason why you're doing it. Uh, you know, Bohm's the kind of guy who does fill that, you know, third baseman corner outfield or corner infielder of the future. Um, so we'll, it'll be interesting to see like what characters actually come out of the woodworks when it comes time to talk about trading him and even where the giants are. Um, but that's kind of been my stance all along is that the giants will wait to make a move um, until the season. Cause I, I guarantee you if they sell off Madison Bumgarner, um, their season ticket numbers are going to drop uh, a lot. And uh, uh, you know, kind of the ticket sales and stuff like that, you know, they have Madison Bumgarner 
Um, they can sell hope for, you know, a good three or four months. Um, so, uh, you know, without Madison Bumgarner, they're not going to be able to sell the hope uh, of even being a contender. So um, that's going to be the intriguing, uh, at least right now. Um, so that's going to be, uh, you know, a business decision. And also, I think, a good decision by the Giants to 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 really narrow it sure they're getting teams um that are actually serious about dealing with for him because you know i think that when that when they're in the middle of the season you really know what you need and you're sitting there you're like man i really need this ace um because you know corbin burns brandon woodruff sophomore slump okay uh so you know we'll see if teams are more likely to cough up um something serious for it uh over the over the fall or over the over the summer. So who fills out this rotation? Who are the other guys other than Samarja and Bumgardner for now, obviously? You have a guy like Derek Rodriguez there. I mean, he's got baseball in his blood. Let's be real here. He's got a yeah. got a pretty good his dad was pretty good. I mean, he was only probably, in my opinion, a top two catcher of all time. But Yeah, maybe maybe top Yeah, maybe I, yeah, maybe I, the I best. Know. In my opinion, actually maybe. the best. Yeah, no, Pudge was great uh uh growing up, but Man, uh, Derek Rodriguez was so surprising because, you know, you pick him up and you're like, oh, it's Pudge's kid. Okay, he's trying to be a pitcher. They'll give him a shot. And then you saw what he was doing uh, in the minors, and you're just like, holy crap. Okay, this guy's actually kind of good. And you get him up to the big leagues, and uh, he was good in his relief appearances. They kind of gave him some more long relief appearances, and they said, hey, we're going to stretch you out, and we're going to make you a starter. Um, and you know, he was fantastic. He was on, he really was the second best rookie in the national league. Uh, he had a two, eight, one ERA, uh, in 19 starts. He threw 118 innings, uh, strikeout numbers aren't like crazy. He only struck out 89. Um, but you know, the whip is really low. Uh, you know, he plays in a really pitcher friendly ballpark. Um, you know, the, the peripherals on him aren't bad enough to where you're like, oh man, he really just got lucky playing at 18 T park. Uh, he, uh, you know, he, he actually is, is really a solid pitcher. So, um, I don't, I don't know if he has a stuff. It'll be interesting to see. Um, I think one of the biggest things for the pitching, the acquisition that nobody talks or maybe hasn't had a chance to talk to is the giants hired, like the dude from driveline to be their pitching like coordinator, uh, and working with them. Um, and I'm really intrigued to see like the stuff that he does and how that helps some of these younger pitchers like Derek Rodriguez. Uh, and then the next two and Chris Stratton and, A- and Andrew Suarez, Chris Stratton's a little bit older. Um, he actually had the most wins on the team last year, went 10 and 10, uh, struck out, you know, uh, you know, he struck out, um, 112, uh, in 154 innings. He was either, he was a very interesting guy though. Cause he was either hot or cold. I mean, it was, it was, it was hit or miss. So, you know, you'd get, Oh cool. Wow. We got an eight inning game out of Chris Stratton. He struck out seven. Um, but, uh, you know, in a, you know, the next game, you know, he gives up five runs in the fourth inning, you know, so, uh, very hit or miss there. Um, you know, I think if there's anyone who would technically be an odd man out in rotation, uh, if Jeff Samarja fully comes back into the rotation, uh, it would be Stratton because Derek, you have Derek Holland that they re-signed, uh, and he was extremely solid. Peripherals were even on him. He did a good job of being what they needed him to be, and he came in on a minor league contract, um, or it was a non-roster invite, $2 million, um, uh, you know, and was solid uh, as was really, really good for them and earned a solid contract. And he's going to come back and I think he's going to be, he'll be fine. He's only 31. Um, and then on top of that, you've got uh, Andrew Suarez, who was, um, ha- he struggled early on, really came around 
um, uh, towards the end of the season. I think, uh, you know, if you're looking at a, if you're what, what I would consider the Giants starting five on opening day, you know, you go Bumgarner, Rodriguez, uh, Holland, Suarez, um, and Samarja. Um, if you're going to look at the minor leagues, anyone um, that I'd point out would definitely be Sean Anderson, who you should be familiar with as a uh, former Red Sox prospect, uh, or maybe at least a little bit familiar with. But uh, Anderson is their number three prospect. Um, since the Giants got him from the Red Sox, he's been awesome. Uh, last year struck out 127 and 141 innings. Um, over his uh, both double A and triple A, uh, had a 369 ERA. Um, he is a very solid prospect. I think the Giants, he kind of reminds the way he's moved through their system has really reminded me of how Andrew Suarez ended up moving through their system. Uh, and Suarez was not expected to contribute until the end of last season, and he ended up, you know, cementing his starter spot, uh, through, through spring training and in, um, the regular season. So, um, uh, or, you know, it's an interesting rotation there. Um, they've got some depth. Uh, Tyler Bede, if he ever comes around, I don't think he's much ready, though, to be a starter. Nor do I really think he'll ever be a starter. He got lit um, up in Sacramento. Yeah. Um, and, and even in San Francisco when he came and made a few appearances. So, you know, Bede, Bede I mean, it was weird. He'd strike out as many as in, in, innings as he'd throw, but uh, the runs and the walks, he's just all over the place. But uh, if there's anyone that's, you know, not – Already on the big league roster um, that you could potentially see in that rotation next year, Sean Anderson, kind of depending on what we see from him uh, uh, in spring training and stuff like that. I think he'll we'll give uh, Giants fans and you know stuff like that a bit of a better idea for when he's going to be ready to contribute. All right, so what we do when we get to the bullpen on on uh, the offseason preview shows and the, you know kind of going through, you have Mark Belanson. And you also have the shell of Sam Dyson, but he kind of rebounded at some point during the year. What is the seven, eight, nine on this team going to be like at the start of the season? Melanson, I would probably, considering the money and how actually good he is at his job, is going to be the closer. But who fills out the rest of the innings? Yeah, actually, I think seven, eight, nine is going to go Watts. It'll go Tony Watson, um, Mark Melanson, and Will Smith in that order. Um, I think another person you could potentially swap for Mark Melanson, uh, let's say if he kind of shows um, a little bit of, uh, a little bit more of a, a I'll say a return to level headedness, um, could be Ray Black. Uh, Ray Black has a booming fastball up to the hundreds, triple digits, um, and a really nasty cutter and a really deceiving changeup. Uh, so black could be that kind of a guy to leap into that eighth inning role, um, maybe, or seventh inning. And you kind of move around Watson and Smith. Um, that's just kind of, if, if Melanson continues to have the same kind of struggles, uh, black's numbers don't look great. If you're going to go look him up, uh, he had a six, one, seven ERA last year, but, um, you know, he got blown up, uh, go look at his game log and you'll kind of actually see. Uh, what you're looking at him because uh, I believe in like his first or second one, he got tagged for like four earned runs or something like that right off the bat. And it kind of messed with him. Uh, after that, it was pretty even keel um, throughout uh, throughout what you saw from him. And it kind of ruined his ERA from the start there. But um, black is a solid piece of that pen that you'll see a little bit more of uh, next year. Um, hopefully. Um, so, so yeah, so kind of keep an eye on him as someone who could maybe sneak into that seven, eight, nine inning role. Um, 
but really Tony Watson, Mark Melanson and, uh, and Will Smith, I think are going to, are going to be the big ones that you see there. Um, barring any trades because Watson and Smith have been, uh, heavily linked, uh, for trade rumors for the giants, uh, this off season. So there's still a chance that they could go. Um, we'll see what happens as the, the market continues to develop, um, slowly continues to develop, but, uh, yeah, that's seven, eight, nine, uh, you know, I, it, it just doesn't, I don't think Mark Melanson's really set up to be the closer much anymore. Um, he's blown it too much the last couple of years. Uh, but as an eighth inning guy, seventh inning guy, I think he's fine. But Tony Watson, uh, and once he got to a point of overuse, overuse last year, um, it, it didn't go well. Uh, and he seemed a little tired out at one point. But uh, Watson uh, and Will Smith, for sure, are guys to to see in the in the back end of that rotation. Will Smith um, has Will Smith had an incredible year last year, coming off of his Tommy John surgery. So it'll be interesting to see that uh, see what he does again, um, and if he kind of builds on that, or if that's kind of the flat line. But um, yeah, Will Smith, man, uh, had a hell of a year. That bullpen, I mean, look at it go. Go look at those bullpen ERA numbers. I mean, only one of them is sitting over three. That was Hunter Strickland, and he's no longer on the squad. So, um, you know, they, these guys, uh, they've got a solid bullpen. Um, the problem is that I think if you're looking at the Giants overall, um, they didn't score enough runs. Uh, they, they're a terrible offensive team last year. We we crunched some numbers on one of them, but I think, you know, their winning percentage goes from, like, 300% or like like 30% um, if they score f- less than four runs, but if they scored more than four runs, it went up to like 70%. Um, Jesus. So, so, you know, the, it, this this team can hold teams to three, four runs, four or five runs a game. The problem is, is did they score four or five runs a game? Um, and often, oftentimes it wasn't enough um, on the offensive side. So uh, this pitching staff, incredibly underrated, really young in a lot of lot of room to improve um and i think some more projection to improve um so this pitching staff is really intriguing and i think for the giants contention is really just a matter of whether or not they can score you know four or five runs a game or even six runs a game you know um get into that a lot more but uh you know it's just uh, those 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 winning percentages and the flip-flops is just incredible um considering how good that rotation was they still weren't able to the rotation and the bullpen there's the pitching staff overall for the most part when they just weren't able uh to uh to, to scratch across enough runs what is it with californian bullpens man i feel like every california team outside the angels has just like this dominant bullpen or has a dominant name in there i mean the a's Days was unbelievable last year, and then you talk about yours and bring up those numbers. It's incredible. Yeah, and uh, the Dodgers have a solid bullpen too. Uh, you know, there's the, the Blake West Parker kind of shine I, for the Angels. Yeah, and I really think the you know the Giants the Giants won a lot of their World Series on the strength of having a total and complete team. Um, they scored a good amount of runs. Uh, their pitching staff was incredible, and their defense was good. And they did, just didn't make mistakes. They didn't make mental errors, um, and that was how that was why they were so good. Because um, they could every single place over the field on the field, you know, every facet of the game they had, they they could do it, and they could do it really well. Uh, and they, like I said, they didn't make mistakes. Um, but you know, the the offense has been the one thing that's been killing the Giants um, the last couple of years. So. Um, you know, that, that bullpen is incredible. Um, I think some teams too have understood that, you know, I think even Dombrowski is interesting. Dombrowski never cared 
to put together a bullpen when he got to when Never. he was in Detroit. But man, once he got to Boston, he was like, okay, I'm going to put together a bullpen, and he goes and wins a freaking ring for it. So unfortunately, you know that that's like. The Giants are like on the back end of the recipe, right? Like a lot of the good teams, okay, they have the offense, they have a decent rotation, um, or at least a decent front two, but the back end of the rotation isn't very solid, uh, and their bullpen is kind of average. Um, so then you sit there and like, okay, what? Do you, then they, then they need to go get the bullpen. Uh, but the Giants are like backwards. They've got the bullpen down, mostly got the defense down. They've got the they got the starting rotation down. Uh, they don't have the offense down. So. Vegas has this team sitting at 73 wins on the over-under. Do you think they win more than 73 games this year? Yeah, because I think this team is going to end up being better than last year's just because of, you know, I hope, knock on health. wood, you know, health, uh, health is such a fickle thing. Um, I believe they were at like 73 last year, 73 or 75. Um, last year, I, I am terrible with win totals. Oh, I could look and scroll up. Oh, gee, yeah, they're exactly at seventy three. Um, so so they're at exactly seventy three last year. Um, they, they, I, I think this team, uh, at time, you know, they were sitting at a five hundred pace, um, s- straight on until uh, guys and injuries went by the wayside, and at the end of the season, they were rolling out, you know, uh, a lineup. Uh, they were rolling out hundred pence literally every single day. Uh, it was an outfield of Hunter Pence, Gorky's Hernandez, and like Austin Slater. I mean, it, it wasn't going to do anything. So, um, you know, I don't think what they have in the outfield is much better. But at that same time, you also had no more Brandon Crawford, no more Brandon Belt, and um, no more Brandon Posey or Buster Posey. So um, I think this team is probably good for 80. I think 80 is a, a safe place to lock them at because they're not. They're they're not like one of those middling teams of the we're not competing but we're not totally tanking they're not You're like not last year's Seattle Royals. what they think they are every year basically yeah or the, they're not the Royals you know they're not like oh man we think we could be around seventy five wins this. actually they're at like fifty wins um you know like that the Giants the Giants aren't in that boat they've got too much talent on the roster to be in that boat but um I I it's going to take. Um, a couple of serious free agent signings and maybe a trade um, to like actually make me consider this team being over 500 next year. Uh, but I think right around 80 wins is a good place to have them. Find me. Um, of course, thanks for listening, folks. And uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, no problem, man. For sure. But, uh, you know, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, my personal Twitter is at SperryDaniel94. If you want to keep up with the Giants and all of our work on that, uh, you can follow us at um, the A in around is actually the at symbol uh for the twitter handle so it's at round the foghorn.com or at round the foghorn yeah um and then i if you're into soccer i don't know how many people listening to a baseball podcast are into soccer but um i uh i cover sporting kansas city because i live in kansas city um but uh i, I cover sporting kansas city for uh the major for major league soccer um for their league website um so uh, if you're into soccer you know hit me up i talk soccer all the time too um the do kind of i have writing uh on soccer elsewhere as well um so uh, you know be ready if you follow me you know be ready for a smattering of soccer and baseball but um you want some nice giants content on your uh on your twitter feed um go ahead and go to uh at round the foghorn and uh, of course uh come check out our website around the foghorn.com uh we are part of the fan-sided network um, we do our best to give you uh, some solid, in-depth, um, a nice, and an, also a nice mix of uh, legitimate analytical um, breakdowns, and then a lot of just kind of fun content as well. Um, because you've got to have a nice balance if you're going to be successful. So, uh, yeah, go come check us out. But uh, again, I'll, I'll stop with the shameless.
plugs, but uh, th- uh, for sure, uh, thanks for having me on.